Book Three, Part Two of On the Nature of Things by Titus Lucretius Carus, translated by William Ellery Leonard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Daniel Vermont. Book Three, Part Two Nature and Composition of the Mind. First, then, I say, the mind which oft we call the intellect, wherein is seated life's counsel and regimen, is part no less of man than hand and foot and eyes are parts of one whole breathing creature. But some hold that sense of mind is in no fixed part seated, but is of body some one vital state, named harmony by Greeks, because thereby we live with sense, though intellect be not in any part. As oft the body is said to have good health, when health, however, is not one part of him who has it. So they place the sense of mind in no fixed part of man. Mightily, diversely, meseems, they err. Often the body palpable and seen sickens, while yet in some invisible part we feel a pleasure. Oft the other way, a miserable in mind feels pleasure still throughout his body, quite the same as when a foot may pain without a pain in head. Besides, when these our limbs are given o'er to gentle sleep, and lies the burdened frame at random, void of sense, a something else is yet within us which upon that time bestirs itself in many a wise, receiving all motions of joy and phantom cares of heart. Now, for to see that in man's members dwells also the soul, and body ne'er is wont to feel sensation by a harmony, take this in chief. The fact that life remains oft in our limbs, when much of body's gone, Yet that same life, when particles of heat, though few, have scattered been, and through the mouth air has been given forth abroad, forthwith forever deserts the veins and leaves the bones. Thus mayest thou know that not all particles perform like parts, nor in like manner all are props of weal and safety. Rather those the seeds of wind and exhalations warm take care that in our members life remains therefore a vital heat and wind there is within the very body which at death deserts our frames and so since nature of mind and even of soul is found to be as twere a part of man give over harmony named to musicians brought from Helicon, unless themselves they filched it otherwise, to serve for what was lacking name till then. Whate'er it be, there welcome to it. Thou hearken my other maxims. Mind and soul, I say, are held conjoined one with other, and form one single nature of themselves but chief and regnant through the frame entire is still that counsel which we call the mind 
and that cleaves seated in the midmost breast here leap dismay and terror round these haunts be blandishments of joys and therefore here the intellect the mind the rest of soul throughout the body scattered but obeys moved by the nod and motion of the mind this for itself soul through itself hath thought this for itself hath mirth even when the thing that moves it moves nor soul nor body at all and as when head or eye in us is smit by assailing pain we are not tortured then through all the body so the mind alone is sometimes smitten or livens with a joy whilst yet the soul's remainder through the limbs and through the frame is stirred by nothing new but when the mind is moved by shock more fierce we mark the whole soul suffering all at once along man's members sweats and pallors spread over the body and the tongue is broken and fails the voice away and ring the ears mists blind the eyeballs and the joints collapse ay men drop dead from terror of the mind hence whoso will can readily remark that soul conjoined is with mind and when tis struck by influence of the mind forthwith in turn it hits and drives the body too and this same argument establisheth that nature of mind and soul corporeal is for when tis seen to drive the members on to snatch from sleep the body and to change the countenance and the whole state of man to rule and turn what yet could never be sans contact and sans body contact fails must we not grant that mind and soul consist of a corporeal nature and besides thou markst that likewise with this body of ours suffers the mind and with our body feels if the dire speed of spear that cleaves the bones and bears the inner thews hits not the life yet follows a fainting and a foul collapse and on the ground dazed tumult in the mind and whiles a wavering will to rise afoot so nature of mind must be corporeal since from stroke and spear corporeal tis in throes now of what body what components formed is this same mind i will go on to tell first i aver tis superfine composed of tiniest particles that such the fact thou canst perceive if thou attend from this nothing is seen to happen with such speed as what the mind proposes and begins therefore the same bestirs itself more swiftly than aught whose nature's palpable to eyes but what's so agile must of seeds consist most round most tiny that they may be moved when hit by impulse slight so water moves in waves along at impulse just the least being create of little shapes that roll 
but contrariwise the quality of honey more stable is its liquids more inert more tardy its flow for all its stock of matter cleaves more together since indeed tis made of atoms not so smooth so fine and round for the light breeze that hovers yet can blow high heaps of poppy seed away for thee downward from off the top but contrariwise a pile of stones or spiny ears of wheat it can't at all thus in so far as bodies are small and smooth is their mobility but contrariwise the heavier and more rough the more immovable they prove now then since nature of mind is movable so much consist it must of seeds exceeding small and smooth and round which fact once known to thee good friend will serve thee opportune in else this also shows the nature of the same how nice its texture in how small a space twould go if once compacted as a pellet when death's unvexed repose gets hold on man and mind and soul retire thou markest there from the whole body nothing ta'en in form nothing in weight death grant ye everything but vital sense and exhalation hot thus soul entire must be of smallmost seeds twined through the veins the vitals and the thews seeing that when tis from the whole body gone the outward figuration of the limbs is unimpaired and weight fails not a whit just so when vanished the bouquet of wine or when an unguent's perfume delicate into the winds away departs or when from any body savours gone yet still the thing itself seems minished not to eyes thereby nor aught abstracted from its weight no marvel because seeds many and minute produce the savours and the redolence in the whole body of the things and so again again nature of mind and soul tis thine to know created is of seeds the tiniest ever since it flying forth it beareth nothing of the weight away yet fancy not its nature simple so for an impalpable aura mixed with heat deserts the dying and heat draws off the air and heat there's none unless co-mixed with air for since the nature of all heat is rare athrough it many seeds of air must move thus nature of mind is triple yet those all suffice not for creating sense since mind accepteth not that aught of these can cause sense-bearing motions and much less the thoughts a man revolves in mind so unto these must added be a somewhat and a fourth that somewhat's altogether void of name than which existeth not more mobile not more an impalpable of elements more small and smooth and round that first transmits sense-bearing motions through the frame for that is roused the first composed of little shapes thence heat 
and viewless force of wind take up the motions and thence air and thence all things are put in motion the blood is struck and then the vitals all begin to feel and last to bones and marrow the sensation comes pleasure or torment nor will pain for naught enter so far nor a sharp ill seep through but all things be perturbed to that degree that room for life will fail and parts of soul will scatter through the body's every pore yet as a rule almost upon the skin these motion all are stopped and this is why we have the power to retain our life now in my eagerness to tell thee how they are commixed through what unions fit they function so my country's pauper speech constrains me sadly as i can however i'll touch some points and pass in such a wise course these primordials mongst one another with intermotions that no one can be from other sundered nor its agency perform if once divided by a space like many powers in one body they work as in the flesh of any creature still is odour and savour and a certain warmth and yet from all of these one bulk of body is made complete so viewless force of wind and warmth and air co-mingled do create one nature by that mobile energy assisted which from out itself to them imparts initial motion whereby first sense-bearing motion along the vitals springs for lurks this essence far and deep and under nor in our body is aught more shut from view and tis the very soul of all the soul and as within our members and whole frame the energy of mind and power of soul is mixed and latent since create it is of bodies small and few so lurks this forth this essence void of name composed of small and seems the very soul of all the soul and holds dominion o'er the body all and by like reason wind and air and heat must function so co-mingled through the frame and now the one subside and now another in interchange of dominance that thus from all of them one nature be produced lest heat and wind apart and air apart make sense to perish by disseverment there is indeed in mind that heat it gets when seething in rage and flashes from the eyes more swiftly fire there is again that wind much and so cold companion of all dread which rouses the shudder in the shaken frame there is no less that state of air composed making the tranquil breast the serene face but more of hot have they whose restive hearts whose minds of passion quickly seethe in rage of which kind chief are fierce abounding lions who often with roaring burst the breast or rot unable to hold the surging wrath within but the cold mind of stags has more of wind and speedier through their inwards rouses up the icy currents which make their members quake 
but more the oxen live by tranquil air nor air doth smoky torch of wrath applied or spreading with shadows of a darkling murk rouse them too far nor will they stiffen stark pierced through by icy javelins of fear but have their place halfway between the two stags and fierce lions thus the race of men though training make them equally refined it leaves those pristine vestiges behind of each mind's nature nor may we suppose evil can e'er be rooted up so far that one man's not more given to fits of wrath another's not more quickly touched by fear a third not more long-suffering than he should and needs must differ in many things besides the varied natures and resulting habits of humankind of which not now can i expound the hidden causes nor find names enough for all the divers shapes of those primordials whence this variation springs but this meseems i'm able to declare those vestiges of natures left behind which reason cannot quite expel from us are still so slight that naught prevents a man from living a life even worthy of the gods so then this soul is kept by all the body itself the body's guard and source of weal for they with common roots cleave each to each nor can be torn asunder without death not easy tis from lumps of frankincense to tear their fragrance forth without its nature perishing likewise so not easy tis from all the body nature of mind and soul to draw away without the whole dissolved with seeds so intertwined even from birth they're dowered conjointly with a partner life no energy of body or mind apart each of itself without the other's power can have sensation but our sense enkindled along the vitals to flame is blown by both with mutual motions besides the body alone is nor begot nor grows nor after death seen to endure for not as water at times gives off the alien heat nor is thereby itself destroyed but unimpaired remains not thus i say can the deserted frame bear the dissevering of its joined soul but rent and ruined moulders all away thus the joint contact of the body and soul learns from their earliest age the vital motions even when still buried in the mother's womb so no dissevering can hap to them without their bane and ill and thence mayest see that as conjoined is their source of weal conjoined also must their nature be if one moreover denies that body feel and holds that soul through all the body mixed takes on this motion which we title sense he battles in vain indubitable facts for who'll explain what body's feeling is except by what the public fact itself has given and taught us 
but when soul is parted bodies without all sense true loses what was even in its lifetime not its own and much beside it loses when souls driven forth from that lifetime or to say that eyes themselves can see no thing but through the same the mind looks forth as out of opened doors is a hard saying since the feel in eyes says the reverse for this itself draws on and forces into the pupils of our eyes our consciousness and note the case when often we lack the power to see refulgent things because our eyes are hampered by their light with a mere doorway this would happen not for since it is our very selves that see no open portals undertake the toil besides if eyes of ours but act as doors methinks that were our sight removed the mind ought then still better to behold a thing when even the door-posts have been cleared away herein in these affairs no wise take up what honoured sage democritus lays down that proposition that primordials of body and mind each superposed on each very alternately and interweave the fabric of our members for not only are the soul elements smaller far than those which this our body and inward parts compose but also are they in their number less and scattered sparsely through our frame and thus this canst thou guarantee souls primal germs maintain between them intervals as large at least as are the smallest bodies which when thrown against us in our body rouse sense-bearing motions hence it comes that we sometimes don't feel alighting on our frames the clinging dust or chalk that settles soft nor mists of night nor spiders gossamer we feel against us when upon our road its net entangles us nor on our head the dropping of its withered garmentings nor bird feathers nor vegetable down flying about so light they barely fall nor feel the steps of every crawling thing nor each of all those footprints on our skin of midges and the like to that degree must many primal germs be stirred in us ere once the seeds of soul that through our frame are intermingled gin to feel that those primordials of the body have been struck and ere in pounding with such gaps between they clash combine and leap apart in turn but mind is more the keeper of the gates hath more dominion over life than soul for without intellect and mind there's not one part of soul can rest within our frame least part of time companioning it goes with mind into the winds away and leaves the icy members in the cold of death but he whose mind and intellect abide himself abides in life however much the trunk be mangled with the limbs lopped off the soul withdrawn and taken from the limbs still lives the trunk and draws the vital air 
even when deprived of all but all the soul yet will it linger on and cleave to life just as the power of vision still is strong if but the pupil shall abide unharmed even when the eye around it's sorely rent provided only thou destroyest not wholly the ball but cutting round the pupil leavest that pupil by itself behind for more would ruin sight but if that centre that tiny part of eye be eaten through forthwith the vision fails and darkness comes though in all else the unblemished ball be clear tis by like compact that the soul and mind are each to other bound forevermore end of book three part two recording by daniel vermont osaka japan